I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Brait. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrudin. With me tonight, I've got uh, Mr. Greg Talcott. Uh, we have a, a fun show for you tonight. We are going to go over some news and notes, as always. Uh, we are going to review last week's Pick'em and Stick'em and go into this week, um, our little uh, waiver wire game that we play against each, that Greg and I play against each other every week. Um, go over last week, start, the, start a new week, and then uh, we are going to, Greg and I are going to finish off the last half of the uh, games for this weekend that uh, I did not cover last night. So um, why don't we go ahead and get started with the news and notes. Uh, our news and notes are brought to you by Vox DFS Firelines at VoxDFS.com. They're a premier uh, DFS line writing and line consulting service. They have uh, line writers to be able to help you uh, figure out what players to play, what players not to play. Uh, also, they have guys who can help you with bankroll management to know how to take care of your bankroll so that you're not overextending yourself when you play. Uh, they cover any sport from NBA to NFL, NASCAR, PGA, you name it, they cover it on any platform. So make sure to go over to VoxDFS.com, that's V-O-K-S-D-F-S.com, and let them know that the guys from Skull King Football sent you over there. All right, so... After consulting with Dr. Watkins, Bengals tight end Tyler Eifert has decided to undergo season-ending back surgery per source. You called it, Greg. He's done for the season. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, when you're right, you're right. And Tyler Eifert has all the talent in the world, but a body who is unfortunately uh, failing him. And, uh, you know, is one of those things that should be fairly predictable based on his track record coming into the season. Uh, it's kind of, you know, kind of like Gronk. I actually get this. I actually saw a guy um, in one of his best ball leagues that his three tight ends were Gronk, Eifert, and Jordan Reed. Jeez, he must be like some kind of masochist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. Uh, ESPN's Rob Dom, uh, Dem, Demofsky, uh, guy, I hate it when I can't say names, uh, believes the Packers should start Aaron Jones regardless of Ty Montgomery's rib status. I happen to agree. I think that Aaron. Uh, I think that Aaron Jones is the most talented running back on the Green Bay roster. If you ask me, um, I don't know how much of how much of the game you got to see, Greg, but I think the kid is absolutely electric. Yeah, he is by far the most explosive back they have. Jamal Williams looked, in, you know, completely, uh, you know, useless in at any point this season when he he did get carries. And as we've discussed before. You know, it's not in the best interest of the health of one Ty Montgomery to be the feature back. So I think absolutely. Uh, Derek Carr, with his back, remained limited at Wednesday's practice. He is actually trying to get into play with only one week off after having uh, the uh, the fracture in his back. Do you think he will play this Sunday? I mean, I don't know what how much uh, a difference one week makes with a back injury. So... You know, it, it can't be that big a deal if it's even being considered. So I think, you know, absolutely he does get out there. Um, I just, as somebody who has back issues, I, I don't see how it's fixed in, you know, if it's a two-week issue and it's just a, a one-week issue, it's a back fracture. 
I, I, I that just doesn't add up to me. Yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a hairline fracture, I believe. It's something uh, Tony Romo when he got it in 2014, I believe, missed two weeks, was able to come right back. Um, so I we'll see about Derek Carr. Uh, Corey Davis is out for week six against the Colts, still suffering from the hamstring issues. He's he got in week two. Um, yeah, pretty much. Redskins coach Jay Gruden confirmed that Samaj P. Ryan will get the quote majority of the carries this week for the Redskins, which makes sense since we don't even think Rob Kelly is even going to be uh, available for this game. And Jay Gruden has pretty much made it a point every press conference to say that Chris Thompson will not be the feature back. Yeah. So. Well, it's, uh, you know, always what you look for is, is a player and a coach is that kind of vote of confidence. So we'll <laughs> see what uh, Perrine can do, uh, you know, this week. But I, I don't think it's the most uh, – I mean, he hasn't done my, anything up to this point, you know. He has only gotten a handful of carries. I mean, not that few carries. What, like 40, 46 carries, something like that? Something like uh, that. You know, on the season. He hasn't done absolutely anything with it, so – the Redskins plan to get Jamison Crowder more involved. Well, that's nice, but, you know, that's pretty much a non-story. You either get him more involved or you don't. There's no, hey, we're going to try to do it. Go all Yoda on him. Yeah, the, the Redskins offense just sucks this year. Um, it's just it's absolutely terrible, and it looks like, you know, I mean, at least from my perspective, this wasn't isn't going to be the best year for Kirk Cousins to be, you know, negotiating off of unless you know he steps it up quite a bit. Yeah, unless he and <laughs> he and Pryor can get it figured out, which we, you know, most of us were pre- predicting that they'd at least be semi decent this year. Hasn't mm-hmm. really panned out so far. Nope. Stephon Diggs with his groin injury that he suffered in Week Five says he plans to play against the Packers in Week Six. We'll see how that goes. Um. ESPN's Jason Wilde reports that Ty Montgomery with his ribs isn't even guaranteed to return this week, even though he was a full participant in practice uh, on Wednesday. Again, like we both said, Aaron Jones really is the most talented in terms of being a feature back for the Green Bay Packers. If Montgomery comes back, I still think that his best option is to play how he did the first few games that he played last year when he was thrust into the role, catching five to ten passes out of the backfield, not running between the tackles. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, he could still be a weapon in the offense, but he's just—he's not a feature back. He's not built for that. Um, and ultimately, you're going to want him healthy for the playoffs. I mean, obviously, Green Bay's going to need there, and they're going to need as many healthy bodies as they can get. Uh, Julio Jones with his uh, hip flexor was limited at Wednesday's practice. That's pretty much something you always have to deal with in terms of in terms of Julio Jones. Julio Jones always has some sort of injury and is always questionable pretty much every week. Every year that I've owned him, he's been questionable just about every week. Um, Tom Brady uh, Talking about his left shoulder injury, I believe they said it's actually an AC sprain in his left shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder. says, I'm good. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to be out there on Sunday, which I I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. He's the only reason they're winning the few games they have. Plus, it's his left shoulder, right? So, I mean, it's it's a little bit painful and inconvenience, but it's not going to alter his throwing motion. Not no not not nearly as much as people might think it would. Um, what was it, John? I put this out on the podcast last night. John Clayton actually said that Tom Brady has hit has been hit more than Carson Palmer this year. That shows you how bad that New England offensive line has been compared to how good it was last year. Yeah, I, I've just watched him get absolutely clobbered this season. It's ridiculous. I'd be irate. <laughs> uh, Matt Forte with his toe returned to practice on Wednesday. That doesn't mean he'll actually play. It just means he's back in pads at practice. I don't trust Matt Forte to be able to do anything in a game. Um, Here we go. On Mike Williams uh, from one of the coaches uh, in San – I keep wanting to say San Diego – for the L.A. Chargers. says he's very close. We will see at the end of the week where he's at. He's been in the playbook the whole time. 
that he has been out looking like. Um, I want to say it was a couple weeks ago they announced that they were trying to be trying to get him ready for Week Six this week against the uh, against the Raiders for his first game. Um, are you expecting much out of Mike Williams? Not just this week, but are you expecting much out of Mike Williams this season? I would not expect much out of him, um, you know, this season at all. Certainly not this week. Um, I mean, that's the ultimate long shot is to try to take that guy in his first game back against the Raiders and think that he's going to, um, you know, really produce anything. And I'm more, the, uh, you know, more concerned about further injury anyway. Yeah. So to say that he's going to be able to finish and do anything really truly substantial on the season, um, you know, is uh, the odds are against you, I would think. Again, this is another back injury as well, so that he's right. coming back from. Uh, Matthew Stafford returned, uh, was practicing this week. Uh, Giants head coach Ben McAdoo said that cornerback Dominique rogers Cromarty came in today to practice, left, and now is going to be suspended by the team. Man, this team just I, – I, you know, I keep wondering, can this team get worse and then something like this happens? Yeah, so, I mean – I dare not say it again. Like yeah. I dare not say it again. Otherwise, you know, next thing you know, someone else is going to get injured. Right. Yeah. I mean, to, to lose your entire receiving core in one week is uh, absolutely a brutal loss uh, for a team that was already horrendous. Uh, and I think this is the definitely the end of the Eli Manning era uh, in New York. Uh, whatever whatever snaps he's taken this season are the last he'll be taking. Yeah. Uh, the Texans made it official today when they placed J.J. Watt and and Whitney Marcellus from the same game on injured reserve. Um, I actually saw both those injuries absolutely brutal. After, I mean, I think it was like it was on the same drive that they both got injured within like mm-hmm. three plays of each other. So that's going to be rough on the on the Texans defense. Um, I'm trying to see anything else that's actually noteworthy. Uh, the Boston Herald's <laughs> Jeff Howe reports that Rob Gronkowski with this injury will play week six against the Jets. I think that, I mean, it will be immensely beneficial for, um, for Tom Brady, considering last week he really struggled when he didn't have, he didn't have Gronk. Obviously, he doesn't have Edelman this season. Um, Amendola was kind of back and forth, and Hogan was back and forth. I mean, they're just, without at least Gronk, there isn't enough talent in that wide receiver core to really let Brady get loose and just, just throw the ball around. I think having Gronk in there, that pulls enough of the attention away from those wide receivers to make them more, um, more productive, in my opinion. Right, and Dwayne Allen's been non-existent. So why they even bothered acquiring that guy, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, but he, he is a forgotten man in that offense. Pretty much. All right. Travis Kelsey is not practicing or did not practice uh, Wednesday due to um, still being in concussion protocol. And the Browns have, for now, ended the Deshaun Kaiser experiment and have named Kevin Hogan their starting quarterback. That's number 19 since 1928. I can't remember how many how many is on that list now. It's a really high number. I think it's like twenty-eight. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. So I think that makes it quarterback number twenty-eight since nineteen ninety-nine. Well, I mean, Kaiser was, you know, thrown in there prematurely as it was, just because he was the only thing that looked decent in the preseason. But uh, you know, clearly uh his inexperience and whatnot is is showing and they are, you know, completely inept right now on offense. Pretty much. All right, so real quick, um, I wanted to bring this up because I saw it um, on a clip from, uh, who was it? Um, oh, the former ESPN guy who has his own, who has his own uh, podcast and show on Fox. I know there's like three or four of them now that do that. Uh, it was the, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. Rich Eisen, Rich Eisen, on his show today, he actually came up with a hot take for the year, and he and and his hot take was, why don't the Jacksonville Jaguars 
with Tom Coughlin as one of their VPs trade to the Giants for Eli Manning. Eli Manning would be covered by a, a power run game that is effective, would have a defense that's playing extremely well. Therefore, the whole thing wouldn't rest on his shoulders. Basically, that team is built like the two Super Bowl teams that he had. They mm-hmm. had a run game in at least one of those seasons and a, def- and a dominating defense. Therefore, the game is not going to be on completely on his shoulders. Now, he doesn't have the greatest wide receiver core there, but it's a lot better than what he has left over in New York. That's, uh, that's a very interesting take. Um, you know, I... At this point, Eli is just so bad. What would you be willing to give up for him? You know, what will the Giants accept? I think the Giants cut him anyway at the end of the season. I think, they're, I think he's just going to be – he'll be a free agent. And who knows if he'll even keep playing. But, you know, what would you give up for him? I, I wouldn't give up more than a fourth-round pick for him, not when you already blew a first-rounder on Bortles. Yeah, pretty much. You know <laughs> – so Do a fourth round to... pick and Bortles, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they want Bortles. Maybe they they would just take him to you know see if they could get anything out of him. Yeah. So so yeah, I just thought that I I wanted to get your thoughts on that after saying I thought it was a very very interesting take from Rich Eisen uh, in terms of possibilities of what could happen this year. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. It's just if you if you trade for Manning and he's absolutely terrible, you're gonna be crucified in, in the front office for that because what he's been showing you is terrible play. And you thought it was a result of something else, you know, and, and, and misread the situation. So that's why I just I would not give up much for him. Okay, but here's the deal: Would you take a terrible Eli Manning, who has playoff experience, or a terrible Blake Bortles, who at this point I think finally has more wins than uh, was it than uh, oh god who's the who's the the uh, defensive back for the Jets, who has like 14 kids. I think he finally has more wins than that guy has kids. Antonio now. Cromartie's kids. And, yeah. I think he finally has more wins than Antonio Cromartie has kids. Nice. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would probably at this point take Manning with a decent supporting cast over Bortles um, when it comes to what's, what are my best chances to succeed on the season. It's just, it's all a matter of cost. You know, what is New York willing to take? Um, Will they do it at this point? I don't know. But, I mean, it seems pretty clear the guy's got to go. Yeah. And I think that I, – I thought it was very interesting. The, the connection with Tom Coughlin, who's now in, in Jacksonville, I think mm-hmm. would, could possibly be a factor in that as well. So Sure. All right. So now we are going to move into our pick em and stick em. Uh For a quick reminder to those who, uh, who have maybe heard this before, or if you're brand new to listening to the show and have never heard our Pick'em and Stick'em uh, uh, game, this is basically the basic rules. What we do is we take two players from each position, from each fantasy position, from quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, slash special teams, and kicker. Uh, we take two players from each position, that are owned in less than 50% of leagues. We're using Yahoo leagues for this. Uh, less than 50% of leagues who are projected for about the same amount of points, looking like they you know, have comparable games. And Greg and I go back and forth choosing who we think will be the better player. So this week, uh, we'll start with Greg again since I won last week for the third <laughs> week in a row. 3-0 and now. You're welcome, Greg. Yep, it's a tough. It's a tough rookie start for me this season. That's okay. Um, I, I, you know, I started. I started a, a bit behind Justin last week or last year, and then uh, I think I pretty much swept the table like the last six weeks of the season. So, um, it's you're not out of it yet. Here we go. So, um, last week, oh, uh, we won't cover last week. Uh. Just I won last week. Uh, I think you won with uh, Dalton and Dalton over Jared Goff and Will Fuller over Jermaine Curse. And I got you with uh, Alex Collins over Chris Johnson at running back, Cameron Braid over ASJ at tight end, the Bills defense over the Lions defense, and Elliott, the kicker for Philly, over Tavecchio from Oakland. So 
All right, so here we go. So since I won for the third week in a row, it is again your turn to pick first. And so basic rundown, here's who we have available. At the quarterback, we have Blake Bortles against the Rams or Josh McCown against the Patriots. At running back, Samaj P. Ryan versus the San Francisco 49ers and Eli McGuire against the Pats. At wide receiver, we are doing something very interesting this week. We are picking two guys from the same team, Jerron Brown versus the Bucks or John Brown versus the Bucks. At tight end, uh, we have Austin Hooper against Miami or, again, another Jet, one from last week, ASJ versus New England. This shows you just how bad the New England defense is that we keep putting people in this who are going up against them. Um, kicker, we have Ryan Suckup of Tennessee against Indianapolis or Brandon McManus of Denver against the New York Giants. And the DSTs, the Jets against the Patriots or the Lions against New Orleans at New Orleans. So basically we're taking at the de defense to okay but not great defenses against offenses that are just blowing everyone out of the water so greg you already have them all written down so why don't you go ahead and pick who or what position are you going to start with and who are you taking i um this week you know i'm gonna go josh mccown at quarterback versus the pats obviously the pats defense has been a bit of a sieve uh the jets and the pats generally play each other pretty well though the game's oftentimes are low scoring. Uh, but I think there's a, a better defense than what the Rams are, are putting out there, which is, which is a pretty decent, pretty decent defense against a pretty lousy quarterback in one Blake Bortles. All right, so you get Josh McCown against the Pats. That means I get Blake Bortles. This is two leagues that I have Blake Bortles in. I've got him in now for this. And I have Blake Bortles and Matthew Stafford as my two quarterbacks going up against Jamie Eisenberg in the, uh, in the uh, Scott Fishbowl this week. So that should be interesting. All right, uh, so for me, I don't like any of these matchups. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to go running back. Oh, who am I going to go with? Um, I think I am going to go ahead and take... I'm going to take Eli McGuire against the Pats, and I'm going to give you Pirine against the 49ers. Fair enough, fair enough. I think uh, I will go uh, the wide receiver thing. <laughs> it's a coin flip on that one. Overall, the more explosive player is, is John Brown. Um, so I will go with uh, – I will take John Brown. Okay, and I will take, obviously, Jerron Brown. Had him last week, and he did almost nothing. So hopefully he redeems himself and comes back and, and helps me out this week. All right, so now we've got the tight ends. We've got the kickers, and we've got the defenses. Um, this is just ugly. I think I am going to go with... I'm going to go with the tight ends. And I'm going to give you another jet. You get ASJ again this week. How's that? Outstanding. You get Hoopa. I, <laughs> Hoopa. I, Austin Hoopa. Hoopa uh, against uh, the Miami Dolphins, who, you know, the only thing they can stop is the run. And since, um, you know, the Maya, or since uh, Atlanta can basically beat you any way that they want, um, that should be a whole lot of fun. Hopefully, they actually throw to the tight end again this week. All right, your turn. Kicker or defense? Uh, I think this time, especially if Gronk's coming back, I'd rather take the Lions versus New Orleans. Okay. So Greg gets the Lions versus New Orleans, and I get the Jets defense against the Pats. This should be interesting. And, you know, somehow the Jets tend to play – pretty well against the Patriots every year no matter how bad they are they really do and this is at New York so we'll you know we'll see how that goes Jets are actually a pretty decent football team unfortunately they're playing hard unfortunately <laughs> yeah especially for Jet fans yeah no kidding who were you know they were expecting to get you know 
Josh Rosen or or someone else is there or, or who's the kid out of a uh, kid out of USC? Oh yeah, Darnold. Darnold, yeah. Everyone was expecting them to get the uh, get them as their starting quarterback uh, for next year, and doesn't look like that's going to happen. Well, as a Bears fan, I've seen these illusion seasons before where you can put up eleven wins, and you know, watching it, you're like, this is a load of crap. You know, it's one of these things, it's like, you know, when they, they comment on the games, it's like, oh, yeah, it's another week where everything bounces the Bears' way, you know, and it's some kind of fluke fumble return. And it's like, you know, the team's leading the league in defensive touchdowns. That stuff, you know, the luck runs out eventually, and that happened to the Bears that year. They went to the Super Bowl against Indianapolis. That was a joke. All right, well, here's – okay. I went over this a couple nights ago with uh, with Dante. Here, Here's the Jets um, – Here's how the schedule has gone so far. Week one was a loss to the Bills. The Bills are playing pretty good, playing pretty good, at least defensively this year. Mm-hmm. Their second loss, second week was a loss um, at the Raiders. The Raiders won forty-five to twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, then they go up against the hapless Dolphins and win twenty to six at home. They go up against the Jaguars and win in overtime at home because the Jaguars didn't simply touch Bilal Powell when he hit the ground running through the line, and instead he gets back up because no one touched him and runs 75 yards for a touchdown to say in the overtime. That's Jaguar football, though. No, that's true. <laughs> um, and then they have the Browns. So their wins are against are a fluke play, uh, the Dolphins and the Browns. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. They got to win over Jay Cutler. That almost doesn't count. But this is what, at the end of the day, it's going to mess up your draft pick. And how much did you really want to beat Jay Cutler at the end of the day? Well, okay. But let's look at the rest of their season. So they've got the Patriots at home. Then they go to the Dolphins. Okay. So another, you know, Dolphins could be, could be uh, another win for them. Depending on, you know, who their new O-line coach is, since the last one was Snorting Lines. That was um, awesome. <laughs> um, but then they've got the Falcons, the Bills, the Buccaneers, a bye week. The Panthers, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Saints, the Chargers, and the Patriots. I see them maybe winning two, maybe three more games if another team's tanking it. Right. So I don't see them getting past six wins, and, and I think that's pushing it. Yeah, I agree. Five to six wins is probably where they end up finishing. Is you know more than I thought they would get, though. Yeah, that's true. All right, so to go over real quick, our teams for um, for Pickman Stickham this week. Uh, for Greg, he has McCown against the Patriots. E uh, Samaje Pirine against the Forty ers uh, John Brown against the Bucks. Uh, Austin Safarian, Austin Safarian Jenkins against the Patriots. Oh, I didn't pick kickers. That was my job. I'll take uh, I'll take Ryan Suckup against Indianapolis. Uh, you have a uh, Brandon McManus against the Giants. And you have the Lions defense against New Orleans. Got it. For my team, I have Blake Bortles against the Rams, Eli McGuire against the Pats, Jerron Brown against the Bucks, uh, Austin Hooper against Miami, Ryan Suckup against Indianapolis, and the New York Jets against the Patriots. So we'll see how this week goes. I'm not... Remember how Justin last week was saying that he liked your team better? Right. Yeah. I'll have, I'll send I'll send this week's uh, this week's teams to him and see who he likes better again. But he said that every week and I keep losing. Correct. So, so don't hoping- put don't put any names on it. <clears throat> he's got to pick it without names. He's got to pick it without knowing who's. He's got to who- be a blind taste taste test like you know, Coke <laughs> and Pepsi or something like that. Okay. Yeah. We can do that. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, the games real quick. Um, our our NFL preview, our NFL Week Six preview, is brought to you by Bluehost.com. Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting company by WordPress.org. Every account features one-click WordPress installation. They have trained in-house experts to help you twenty-four-seven with any technical issues you may have. They have a thirty-day money-back guarantee. And they give you over $150 in offers from websites such, from search engines such as Google, Bing, 
and yeah, and others uh, to help you with advertising so that you can grow your business. Uh, we at Skull King Football have been uh, absolutely impressed with uh, all the features and everything since we switched over to Bluehost for our hosting. And we hope that you would choose to do the same. So if you're looking to launch your business, please go to www.bluehost.com slash track slash skulking. That's www.bluehost.com slash track slash skulking today. All right. So let's go into, so the first game that we're going to go over tonight, um, I think the way we'll split this up is you cover one team and I'll cover the other. That'll just make it easy so that we're not Fair enough. Is there anything? So, um, First game that we're going to cover tonight, uh, the 49ers against the Redskins. Um, why don't you go ahead and cover the home team, kind of what your thoughts are in terms of the um, fantasy outlook for this game. Well, you know, I kind of alluded to you know, my concerns earlier with you know, Kirk Cousins underperforming relative to what I think we would expect this year. Um, you know, you're four games into the season. It's not you know, that he's been bad, uh, but, you know, seven touchdowns is a little bit underwhelming. Uh, when you thought the offense would be, you know, more improved, I, at least I would think this season. Um, certainly, of the, um, you know, he, he's worthy of a start. Um, if you if you drafted him, you, you took him pretty high, so you might not have a better option. Um, and at some point, you got to think that he is going to start to click with the weapons that they have around him. Uh, P. Ryan uh, this week, like I said. You know, he's got 46 carries, 143 yards on the season. Uh, San Francisco is a solid defense. Uh, that is not a favorable matchup. It is a long shot desperation pick. Maybe it works out. You know, this is a year where obviously rookie running backs are having some success, uh, but I am not overly op optimistic with uh, my recipient in the pick em or stick em this week. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, on the receiving side, um, you know, Again, the, the Terrell Pryor thing has got to be about the most – one of the most disappointing things uh, for me, you know, so far this season, not including, uh, you know, what you look at with just the rash of injuries uh, that you have had, um, you know, all year long. He is uh, definitely underperformed. Um, you know, I, I'm going to keep running him out there because I don't have a better option and I don't want him sitting on the bench on the one weekend he does happen to go off. Uh, you know, but that said, uh, you can certainly not count on him. He's no better than a wide receiver for, uh, you know, at this point. Chris Thompson's their leading receiver, and that's not exactly an option for you. So, you know, not a lot to like in this game, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I, you know, unfortunately for the, I have no choice but to throw out prior. I didn't put it prior out there last week, and it cost me a game. Mm. Uh, or not last week, the week before, and it almost cost me a game. So, um, in terms of the 49ers, you're not gonna you're not gonna put Brian Hoyer out there. Um, we talked about the fact that they are switching over from uh, Carlos Hyde. Matt Breida is going to get more carries. You know, we talked about this whole our whole organization does not like Carlos Hyde as a running back because he's too injury prone. He doesn't fit the uh, the Kyle Shanahan system. Really, for me, uh, Breida is a possible um, pickup to kind of just stash on your bench. I don't think he's startable yet um, until we can see what he can actually do uh, with some playing time. Uh, and the only receiving, well, there's I think there's now two receiving options in San Francisco. Um, George Kittle at tight end um, really started to show something last week. They have been talking about him all year. They even got rid of who was it, Vance McDonald and sent him to um, Pittsburgh and let George Kittle have the job. So I think that they believe enough in him that he is going to be getting more, um, more receptions as the year goes on. And Pierre Garçon is going to be catching the ball because he's their only actual wide receiver that they've got. So um, I'm still throwing out um, Garçon out there as a you know wide receiver three with upside. Um, Kittle, I think, is a for now still a streamable tight end until he proves that he can be a little more productive, uh, more consistently. So, all right, moving to um, the Buccaneers and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'll go ahead and take. Uh, I'll go ahead and take the Cardinals. I'll take the home team on this one. Number thirty-two in rushing. That is not going to change now that they have Adrian Peterson. For all of you people 
who seem to think that AP is going to turn the running game around for the Cardinals. I would, I mean, I would like to know what you're smoking so I can try it. I would love to know what that kind of a high is like, to be completely honest. Um, it's not going to happen. He is old and run down. Uh, he, I mean, he, they don't, yeah, they run a power, a sort of a, a power running game ish, but he doesn't have anything left in the tank. It's not going to happen. He may get, yeah, he gets, he may get 50, 60 yards in a game. Maybe some of that may be even in garbage time, but I am not running Adrian Peterson out there as anything more than a possible flex play. If I am desperate on a bye week, that's it. Um, in terms of passing, I mean, they're second in passing in overall yards, but Carson Palmer is still getting the crap beat out of him every week. He's a streamable option depending on the on the matchup. The Buccaneers don't have the best defensive backfield. They are 30th in defense right now. And so I think that, let's see, let me actually pull them up. Um where they at? So their pass yards per game that they're giving up in Tampa Bay is 300 pass yards per game. So I think the pass game is definitely something. That I think that uh, Fitzgerald obviously is the number one target for Carson Palmer. So he is, I mean, you're, you're not going to not play Carson Palmer, especially in a matchup like this. I think that both John, ba John Brown and Jerron Brown are possible streaming options. Um, and other than that, I mean, you're, they don't get the tight end involved. So I think those three wide receivers are about it. And Carson Palmer is a streamer if you don't have anyone better. Other than that, again, leave the running game alone. Adrian Peterson is not the answer. George, uh, Greg, go ahead and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what do you got? Well, you know, I think so far this season, I, I came into the season uh, – pretty hyped up on Jameis Winston, and I have been disappointed. It's some of the customary football that we've seen from Jameson where he's narrowly producing more touchdowns uh, than he does turnovers. Uh, so actually, relative to the quarterback that we covered in the last game, you're better off going with Kirk Cousins because at least he's not turning the ball over all the time. Um, that said, the passing game has just tons of weapons for you to pick from. Uh, you got I, what I think is the number one tight end in Cameron Brait. You got Mike Evans, who's a number one wide receiver. You got Deshaun Jackson, who's – you know, the, the catches aren't going to be there. Um, you're relying on big plays, but he is an option, at least certainly at a, at a flex play. And then on the rushing side, uh, Doug Martin came back strong, um, you know, in his first game back. So I think the, uh, it, you know, Jaquiz Rogers was not a hot commodity necessarily before he got back. Uh, and now people are probably going to want to drop him like a hot rock. Uh, going forward because, you know, assuming Doug Martin's going to be productive the rest of the season, uh, you know, Rodgers is, is not going to have a big spot in this offense. No, I agree. I agree with you there. I I think that's, you know, that's pretty – I think that pretty much sums up Tampa Bay overall. You've got a great wide receiver, a great tight end, a decent secondary wide receiver, and a quarterback that – Is an idiot. Is back and forth, <laughs> really. I mean, uh, he just – he cannot read a defense. No. So – all right, moving on. The Rams and the Jags. I will give you the Jaguars. Go ahead. Take it the home team. Um, you know, the, it's another, this season is just absolutely ridiculous. Between the injuries and teams that are winning games that you didn't think would be winning games, uh, you know, and, and the Jaguars are one of those teams, uh, you know, they're playing some, some pretty darn good football. Uh, first of all, I think they'll probably win this game. Um, you know, overall, their defense is stout. Uh, Calais Campbell's made a real difference there. Uh, but on the offensive side, uh, right now, I think you're looking at Leonard Fournette as, you know, the leader in the clubhouse, maybe narrowly uh, in, in the race for, for Rookie of the Year. Uh, that run he had last week when he welcomed on, uh, you know, the defender and just plowed into him was uh, – was just something to behold, uh, honestly. Um, you know, Blake Bortles, uh, his numbers are absolutely anemic. Uh, 827 yards passing so far in the season. Um, you know, that kind of yardage per game uh, is, is pathetic. I mean, Fournette himself has 466 yards rushing. You know, so, I mean, it's, you know, what Blake Bortles is doing exactly, I don't know. Uh, but it's another one of these things where somehow he has seven touchdowns because four came in one game. Uh, receiving wise, you know, Marquise Lee, uh, you know, Alan Hearns, 
you know, Marquise Lee, I guess, is the, you know, neither one is a great option because you're just probably not going to see the end zone, right? So the only way you're getting touchdowns is with Leonard Fournette, um, you know, so I, I'm certainly not looking to start any of the receivers in here unless I have to. All right, uh, moving on to the Rams. Um, this is, if you're going to play anyone from the Rams, your best option is Todd Gurley. And here's why. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the number three pass defense in terms of yards, giving up only 170. They're giving up 177 pass yards per game. They are locking down receivers. I mean, they locked down, um, they did an okay job, at least, of locking down uh, uh, Antonio Brown and you know kept him out of the end zone. I mean, yeah, he still had, what, 10 catches for 130 yards, but he was the only, I mean, those were the only 10 receptions just about from any of the wide receivers for uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and they ended up having five T or five ints in that game. Uh, but then you go to their defense in terms of rush yards per game, and they are the second worst, giving up 146 rush yards a game. So Todd Gurley should run all over them. So uh, in terms of in terms of this game. You're not going to go with Jared Goff. I, you know, they're the number five offense, number five passing, 14th in rushing. But that's because they're also using – Todd Gurley is being used not only as a running back, but also catching the ball out of the backfield. So I think Gurley has a big game in this one. He'll have to if they're going to win. Um, Goff, I think, really got shook up by, um, by Seattle last week. And so I'm not trusting Sammy Watkins to get anything done. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trusting Robert Woods to do a ton. Um, if there's a wide receiver that I am willing to quote take a chance on, and again, that's on a um, a bye week deep league where you have no other choice, would be Cooper Cup, because in two instances at the very end of the game, the last two pass plays of the game when they needed a touchdown, both times, Goff went to Cooper Cup. When the game was on the line, he is the guy that that uh, that Goff is targeting. So, other than that, uh, really, I think that uh, it's 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 Gurley, and that's your that's about your only option in terms of the Rams for that game. All right, moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'll go ahead and take the home team this game. Uh, I mean, can you say anything other than Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt? We were right. Neener, neener, neener. We were right. He is a top five running back. Um, uh, in terms of Alex Smith, um, ninth, I mean, they're ninth in passing yards, which is absolutely amazing. I think, again, part of that's because Kareem Hunt is doing so well catching the ball out of the backfield as well. They've got Charkandrick West, who his main, his main deal is catching the ball out of the backfield. Plus, they have... Um, the number one tight end in the league right now in Travis Kelsey. It'll be interesting to see if he is healthy. Um, again, Alex Smith is always a, really is a quarterback two that is a stream option because he is the gold standard for streaming. You're going to get about 225 to 250 yards on average and one to two touchdowns, maybe an interception, plus he runs for about 20 to 20 to 40 yards a game. So that's, you know, your baseline. It's, he's not going to lose you a game turning the ball over because he'd rather throw the ball out of bounds than turn it over or check down to a running back. So Alex Smith is a streamable option. Kareem Hunt, you're going to start. I don't care who, you're, who he's playing against. You're going to start Kareem Hunt. Uh, Tyreek Hill um, is kind of in back and forth a little bit. Let me actually pull up his stats from last week. He had the, uh, if your team, if or if your uh, league has return yards. Um, that's huge because he's still returning punts. Yeah, he's you know eight for uh, seven receptions, 133 yards in a TD. Then four for 43, five for 77 in a TD, five for 35, four for 68 returns a touchdown. So I mean, he's been back and forth, back and forth this entire season. Hasn't shown a ton of consistency, and he's not really big on the receiving yards. His main thing is being a gadget player because he can run the ball on sweeps. Uh, they'll throw him back in the backfield every once in a while. So Tyreek Hill is still a wide receiver three with a lot of upside. Um, and that 
I think is about it. And Travis Kelsey, you're going if he plays, you're going to start him. So that's about all I've got for Kansas City. What do you got about the Steelers? Uh, the Steelers suck, um, you know, this year. And um, I, I, I'll be honest, Ben Roethlisberger was weighing retirement. Uh, I think this is the end you see of him. I think this is the end of his career. Um, he is playing atrocious football. Uh, five interceptions last week. He's got six touchdowns, seven interceptions on the season. Uh, you know, the yardage is decent, but all he's doing is throwing the ball to Antonio Brown. You can't look at any of these wide receivers. Artavis Bryant is barely eking out 50 yards a game. Everybody else is under 50 yards, and none of them are a legitimate touchdown threat when you have 64 targets and 40 receptions for Antonio Brown. So this is a very one-dimensional offense. It's a lot of look for Antonio Brown, force it to Antonio Brown, turn the ball over, be ineffective on offense. Part of that's because Le'Veon Bell is also not producing. He's averaging less than four yards a carry, um, you know, on the season. He's gotten in the end zone a few times, but then even in the receiving game, he's, he's barely above five yards a carry there. So he's not nearly showing uh, the explosiveness that, that we're used to seeing. And that's also weighing, you know, I think on Roethlisberger. So this is an offense where you look at some guys and maybe somebody's going to, you know, pop off one week because, you know, Roethlisberger will have a big game here and there. But it's nothing that you can count on at this point. That's for sure. Uh, real quick, I want to see Kansas City's defense in terms of pass yards per game. Kansas City, Kansas City. They're giving up 248 pass yards a game. They're, you know, bottom bottom eight. Uh, rush yards per game. They're giving up, a, what was it, 118 yards per game. Um, you know, number, you know, tied with Dallas at number 20. So, I mean, they're in the, you know, bottom, bottom half there. So, I mean, their defense can give up yards. It's whether or not they can actually get, you know, the other team can actually get into the end zone. We'll see. Right. If that's a possibility, okay. So if you're feeling that way about the Pittsburgh, uh, about the Pittsburgh Steelers, quick question, side note: Would you consider trading away Antonio Brown from your as, a, as a fantasy owner? Yes. Um, I don't know that you can trade him because I mean, again, in PPR leagues and so forth, up to this this point, how can you? Right, he's got forty receptions on the season. He's got five hundred some odd yards. So his production is there. It's not as good as it was because he's not getting into not getting you know, into. he's not getting into the end zone. He's only been in there one time. But the targets, the receptions, and so forth are they still have to be just about tops in the league. Um, and that's because that's the only thing Roethlisberger is doing is looking for him. So I think his value is still there. Um, you know, how much are you going to get in return for that? That's going to really. I, is it going really going to put you ahead? Maybe it does at this point. If you've been ravaged by injuries in the in the backfield, and you have, uh, you know, maybe an opportunity to pick up a decent running back, and you have some depth at receiver, maybe then you consider it. But it's a lot of production to try to make up. You know, you have to at least get two for one back. Something maybe three for one. He still is. He's been in the end zone only once, but he's leading the league in receptions and receiving yards. Yeah, and I mean, sixty-four targets is ridiculous. Yeah. God, could this – remember, was it last year? Preseason last year, we were wondering if he could actually hit 2,000 receiving yards in a season mm -hmm. and 15 touchdowns. Well, he can probably, you know, at this point, with how much he's getting thrown to, he could maybe hit 2,000 yards. I, what, mm -hmm. after five games, he's at 500? Mm -hmm. I'll put him probably uh, a little over 500. He's probably put him at 16, 1,700. He pops off a couple of 200-yard 200, 200 games like he, like he has the ability to do. Right. Yeah, you'd have to. I mean, I would. If you're going to trade him, you have to get at least two to one, if not three to one, and get, you know, and really be able to build up your depth in order for it to be worth it. So, I still wouldn't give him up in a keeper league. No, not you wouldn't give him up in a keeper league. I mean, you're going to have to give me the moon. Okay. You know, in a one, in a one, if it's a straight up, you know, new draft each season, I think it's easier to trade him within that format, depending on what kind of condition your roster is in yeah. versus taking, because the guy's got so many years left ahead of him. I mean, he's got, you know, five plus years or more of being a dominant wide receiver, you know, depending on who follows up Roethlisberger. Yeah, I was going to say that kind of depends on who's the quarterback coming up next year. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. So. Uh, the next one, we get uh, the Oakland Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, you get to take the 
Yeah, I think you get the home team Oakland Raiders this time. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, obviously, it's uh, it's two different teams depending on whether or not it's David Carr, a good, competent quarterback, or EJ Manuel. Again, how did you ever get into the league, quarterback? It's uh, you mean you mean Derek Carr. David was back in the. Uh, my fault. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, I was too busy trying to wind up on manual that I just let that name blow by. Um, no, so I'm sorry. Eyeliner Derek Carr. Um, the Derek, uh, obviously the back injury we, we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, whether he's going to come back, whether he can be effective, you know, who knows. His numbers are right in line right there. Uh, though below uh, the likes of Kirk Cousins that we talked about earlier. So we are talking about a lot of underwhelming quarterback play overall from guys who are top 10 quarterbacks relative to, again, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's, you know, uh, of the league so far. Uh, So I'm not overly optimistic about Derek Carr, um, you know, going into this game. Uh, You know, rushing-wise, we're kind of getting what we thought we would get from Marshawn Lynch, which is, you know, a whopping give or take 50 yards a game. And if he doesn't get you a touchdown, he's not really worth anything. Uh, and he's only produced a couple of those on the season. Um, so the, when you look at the offense, uh, you know, for Oakland, you, you keep coming back to wide receiver, and there's a huge disappointment in Amari Cooper, who at this point I think is unstartable. Um, it's, it's really only Michael, uh, Michael Crabtree. And I think Jared Cook's a good play, um, you know, potentially a tight end. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's kind of slim pickings right now on the Raiders. Their offense looks really anemic. Yeah. I actually saw someone, I want to say it was, maybe it was JJ Zacharyson who was actually saying at this point, you should trade for Amari Cooper because you could get him for nothing practically. Oh, absolutely. But he's worth nothing too. Um, all right so my turn uh as far as the chargers go they are the 11th ranked offense philip rivers is going to throw the ball around uh the defense for the raiders isn't isn't great um oakland gives up 124 rush yards a game which would be fine for the chargers if they could actually have a running back who could run the ball Melvin Gordon is averaging, what, a whopping 3.7 yards per carry, um, which is right at his career average of 3.7 yards per carry. Um, He's just, he's not a great runner. Um, the, the, uh, The Chargers are 11th or 6th in passing offense because Melvin Gordon has been more effective, believe it or not, catching the ball out of the backfield than he is running it. So, uh, obviously, you're going to play Phillip Rivers against uh, the Oakland defense. Uh, you're going to play Keenan Allen, uh, who is you know Rivers' favorite target. Uh, Melvin Gordon, at this point, believe it or not, is a must-start because he is one of the top running backs in the league right now um, in terms of fantasy players. Make sure that we make sure that we actually you know establish that in terms of because in terms of fantasy he is um, number five in terms of points scored. So um, going on uh, the Tyrell Williams is an interesting one. He's kind of a he's a boomer bust flex play. I thought that he would be more involved. I also didn't think that Keenan Allen would make it this long and still be healthy into the season. So. <laughs> Um, I kind of took a gamble there. I think that Tyrell Williams, um, he has the ability to, to spread the field and make the big plays. Just hasn't done had the chance to do that a whole lot yet. So, um, really it's, it's, it's Rivers, Allen and, and Gordon. Um, and as far as the, the tight ends go, it's back and forth, whether it's going to be Antonio Gates or Hunter Henry. So, you know, pick your poison and hope you pick the right one uh in that game so all right moving on we've got the new york giants at the denver broncos i get the home team this time the denver broncos should absolutely spank the new york giants sending them to zero and six um because the giants don't have a run game at all um and now they are missing their top the for this game they'll probably be missing their top four wide receivers and since the Denver defense only gives up 210 pass yards a game, uh, let's see, in terms of pass yards per game, they're giving up, what, the, they're number 11. 
Um, but in terms of rushing, they're only giving up 50.8. None of this spells anything good for the Giants this week. I think they're going to get absolutely smoked. So the Denver Broncos, you're going to play their defense. Um, the offense, it'll be interesting to see what Trevor Simeon can do coming out of bye week. Um, he, sh he has shown flashes of, um, of playing well. He's not been throwing for a whole lot of yards, but he has been very opportunistic in terms of throwing touchdowns, especially to Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I don't believe that Demarius Thomas has a touchdown this year yet. So he is definitely a guy that I would be interested in, in throwing, especially in like a DFS line, because um, I think they're going to work harder to get him involved. In terms of the run game, C.J. Anderson has been running the ball all over the place. As long as he stays healthy, he is a must-start. Um, with, I think, um, no, I don't. I'm back and I'm honestly back and forth on whether Jamal Charles is actually usable in I think in PPR leagues he is a again another desperation flex play uh, depending on how your bye weeks are playing out so uh, he can be productive but he's he's more of a, a, a low floor low ceiling type of guy that uh, if he gets you a touchdown basically just sweetens it all the more so really it's in this one. I think Trevor Simeon is a streamable option. You're going to play their defense. Uh, I like Sanders and Demarius Thomas. I prefer Thomas because I think they're finally going to get him involved in the offense uh, and C.J. Anderson at, uh, at running back. So what do you got for the Giants there, buddy? Well, it's, uh, you know, as bad as Eli has been, he's, he's certainly no Ben Roethlisberger, right? So he's better than that. Um, you know, eight touchdowns with the five turnovers on the season. The yards are still there. You know, he's among the lead leaguers there, and he's still completing passes. Uh, but the problem is a lot of this isn't productive, and it certainly isn't productive for the, or for the Giants in the, in the win column. And now that their they're receiving core looks like a mash unit, uh, I have absolutely no idea who he's going to throw the ball to. You're probably going to see some of those guys where it's like the, you know, the uniform looks a little bit off when you look at the name. It's like you can tell that it just got put on right before the game. So maybe it's tape. You know, it's probably not stitched on. Something's just off. Those are the guys who are playing wide receiver right now. Uh, you know, for the Giants. And so that's certainly not going to help Eli's turnover numbers or anything else that you're seeing. The number of times he's getting sacked or the, the ability for the Giants to actually win a game. So Evan Ingram is the only thing uh, that you could possibly look at as benefiting uh, in, in this offense on the receiving side going forward. Otherwise, you know, if, if you're a Ridley River City gambler and, and you got nothing better to do than speculate on long shot running backs, then Orleans Darkwa is the guy for you. Um, that is a cool name. Um, it sounds like it could be a character, uh, you know, out of a Tarantino film. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know I, are you really going to run him out there? You know, if your team stinks and you don't have another running back, sure, throw him out there. But this is not a week where you should expect him to be productive. I agree with you. The Giants are going to get shellacked. Pretty much. All right. Um, moving on, I think we've got one more game. Uh, the, we'll go ahead and cover the Monday night. Uh, you know what? We actually covered the Monday night football game on Sunday night. So I think we are good there. That is all we've got for tonight. Thank you for joining us tonight, Greg. Yeah, I appreciate it as always. Good talking to you, Ryan, and good night, everybody. All right. Well, again, thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show tonight. Be sure to uh, um, listen in next Sunday night. Um, we will finally, just will be back, and we'll be going live again with the show on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Uh, make sure... Please, we would love it for you to um, hop on to either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to our podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a rating, a review, and we would really appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much again uh, for listening to the show, and we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. 
from delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Grand Canyon University is Arizona's premier private Christian university committed to providing next-generation education. GCU offers over 200 academic programs, many in high-demand fields across nine colleges. We keep our rigorous curriculum relevant by partnering with industry leaders and advisory boards. Earn your degree online, in the evening, or on our vibrant Phoenix campus. Find your purpose at GCU, where advanced technologies drive education. Private, Christian, affordable, nonprofit. Visit gcu.edu.